Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to All Starts That We, a podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings-on at Elland Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Martin Riley, the Leeds United incoming transfer circa 23-24. Much blank, such empty. And I'm joined by the Marcus Abad of the podcast, Tom Hossie-Gundle. Now he's gone, we'll never concede another goal again, right? And finally, I'm joined by the message sent to Andrea Radrizani, asking him to approve the signing of Daniel Farker. Awkward. So very, very awkward. It's Dan Holdsworth. How are you doing today, Dan? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm really good. Um, I'm ready to talk scouting and I'm well fed, which I'm sure we're going to talk about soon. Of course. So what have you what have you eaten today? So we had um, a chicken kebab with homemade flatbreads and really nice salad tonight. So Sounds good. We do do like a bit of flatbreads and salad. And yeah. It's always nice and when it's a hot, hot day, isn't it? Um, I, I personally... I, I've had a homemade lasagna, so I've had a bit busy night preparing for this as well as doing that, and it's one of my favourite meals that I cook. I, I loved it, but had to improvise because our cooker's broken, and we had all the, the ingredients in. Uh, we're getting a new one in a few days, so it's no rush, But uh, so I had to improvise and finish it off in the grill rather than the oven, so it, so just, so just it was all cooked, obviously, and the top was still nice and crispy, but just it wasn't quite as hot all, all the way through because the heat just couldn't get to it. But, yeah. So, so what did you do? Did you microwave it or something? And then No, no, the the, the main oven was the part that was broken, so my hob's working fine. So I was able to cook the main, like the mince and all the rest of it on the hob and then put it all together in the casserole dish and then I had to shove it under the grill to finish off. <laughs> I've seen blank faces come back at me, so I said... Yeah, it, it 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 still tasted very good, and everyone enjoyed it, and it was still definitely cooked. I hope it was anyway. <laughs> but anyway, how are you, Hofty? Yeah, not too bad. Um, been quite busy. Good to be back. Uh, I've I've had uh, scrambled egg and toast for my tea. Um, nothing really special, just a bit of spinach, a bit of cheese in there. It will fi- um, it will fill a hole. So that's that's, that's yeah, all, all, yeah, that's exactly. all, all we need to get. Him. I'm I'm just worried about the pasta sheets and how they cook through. The, with it being on the grill, there were fresh pasta sheets, so they were already cooked through. So yeah, they were, they were cooked. Um, so there's not no worries there. They're nice and soft because I don't like using the um, the 
not cooked pasta sheets because they can sometimes come out a bit stiff still and and I like some things that are stiff but not not pasta sheets. <laughs> All starts out we after dark. Indeed, indeed. But anyway, we're we're not here to talk about what things I like stiff or not. Um we're here to talk about Leeds United and um players who we've been scouting for scouting. And first of all, we'll just go through a bit of news which come up. Um, first of all, the news that Daniel Farker has been unveiled as our new manager. How are we both feeling about that? I'll go, go with you first, Austin. Yeah, um, feeling quite good about it. Uh, obviously, we had the manager pod where we previewed Farker. So if you haven't listened to that, go and have a listen. And yeah, I, I think it was us three on it, actually. And we came, I came out of that quite confident on Farker. I was confident before that. But yeah, I think he's the right guy for getting us out of the championship i know there's a lot of discussion regarding post if he does get us out what what do we do with him then mm-hmm. um but that that's one of those time will tell we, we need to get out of the championship first and i think it's it's the right appointment for that yep i would agree with that i am quite happy with farker as a coach for this league um i think he can still maybe do better than he did previously for Norwich, maybe with some better backing when, when we do get there. But that's a long way off. He's still got a very big task ahead of him. But I am pretty confident that he should do pretty well for that. How, how about you, Dan? Yeah, I'm, I'm, overall, I'm happy. I'm, I'm really happy with the style, I like the style of football he plays. I think it'll be enjoyable to watch, which you know is, is a big part. Um, for me, I'm, I'm kind of mentally preparing for it being a two-year job for him, really, because you know he's got a, he's having a slow start. There's, we think there's quite a bit of work to do on the squad. Um, it might be that we have a slow start and come strong late in the season. It might be something, you know, we might have to be pushing next season again. So could well be a two-year job for him, but I think we could have a bit of fun watching his football. And that's, you know, I'm happy about that, really. I just wish they got on with it sooner. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, it was obvious he was the right man. Yeah, it was so totally obvious he was the right man ages ago. You know, once, we, once we'd gone past the fantasy, you know, the Potters and the and the Rodgers and the and the Areola options, it was, it was clearly the best option, wasn't he? So I wish they'd just got on with it two, three weeks ago, personally. But otherwise, happy. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, they did drag their feet on a bit too much, I guess, which was held held up by the takeover, which still isn't one hundred percent confirmed. So my my question is, if you could have done this without the takeover being confirmed, why not do it sooner? <laughs> That's that'd be my only thing I'd say. Um, but other than that, the other news uh, it seems like uh, Robin Cock is pretty much confirmed to be, to be leaving. Um, who is it that he's joining? Anyone know? I can't remember. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. Eintracht Frankfurt. Okay. So, yep, that's one of which we expected. And also, Brendan Aronson is looking likely to be joining Union Berlin and playing in the Champions League. Um, is either of you going to miss him? Uh, I mean, not not massively, but I did. I was kind of curious to see how he went in the Championship. Part of me did wonder if maybe a year dropping down might be good for him, uh, good for his development. So... I'm, you know, I'm going to remain curious on that one, but yeah, I think overall, I think we can do better. I would agree with that too. And I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suspect he's on big wages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I'm with you there, Dan. Um, especially the wages. And uh, just to be pedantic, it's uh, Union Berlin. Oh, thank you for the p- p- pronunciation correction. I, I'm awful, awfully sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's something which I got bullied about when I was in Germany, so that's the only reason. No, I can understand you to giving that bullying to someone else. I would do the same. Um, is there any other news that I've missed there? I can't think of. Yeah, anything. we don't have a kit. Oh yeah, the, yes, and the, no lack of kit, which you have been very vocal about under any post which Leeds United have currently done. If anyone follows Hossy on Twitter, um, I've been enjoying that. <laughs> you need someone as committed to you in your everyday life as what Hossy is about the new kit every year. It's consistent. It's commitment. 
we like it. But anyway, we're on, get on to the why, why we're here, basically, for the scouting. This is the second episode of our Summer Scouting series. Last time we covered all things midfield, and we hope you enjoyed it. We really enjoyed recording it. Uh, this week, we're going to cover defenders, and specifically left-backs and centre-backs. The players who we're going to be talking about were discovered via data scouting, using MyScout data for last season, and we put a focus on signing pre-prime age players circa 24 to 28 years of age, as this is an age group which we are lacking across the squad, we felt. Uh, firstly, we'll cover centre-backs. So, first of all, going a bit, little bit what Daniel Farker would want from his centre-backs. He wants centre-backs with a lot of upsides in possession. And players who are comfortable holding possession, who show composure and ability to play the correct pass at the correct time, whether that means playing a safe option to avoid a press, or if it's to find an incisive pass cutting into the opposition's midfield lines. You need to have players who are capable of making the right choices. You need to be assured in their defending, so they'll be playing a high line, so a good positional sense is a must. And some recovery pace would not go amiss, but we are in the championship, so it will be quite difficult to find a player with recovery pace, so I don't think we have any in this but we'll see but all the rest regarding defending is pretty similar to what most managers want ability to spot danger and stop the opposition scoring goals but yes the first player we're going to talk about is Mohamed Kamara of Young Boys in the Swiss Super League Dan has been scouting for the pod firstly Dan can you tell us a bit of background on Mo yeah so he's um, he plays for Young Boys in Switzerland the top division he's 25 years old 26 pretty soon um is from Guinea in West Africa. Got a few caps for the Guinea national team. Uh, not particularly strong national team. The only player you've probably heard of from that national team is Naby Keita at Liverpool. I was looking through their squad. Um, he's got 86 appearances in the Swiss Super League and about 11 in the Swiss Cup. Uh, and he's got a couple of. He's got eight appearances in the Champions League and another six in the Europa League. So he's played a pretty decent level. Um, I think the Swiss League's a fairly strong league, not a super strong league. So that's kind of the background of, of, of the of the guy. So next, uh, what? Um, so just a quick thing about people that don't know, uh, young boys are one of the top teams in the Swiss Super League as well. They usually do win the league quite often. So that's some, some important bit of background there as well. But what what are his in possession strengths and weaknesses first of all? Then, yeah, th- this is where he really stands out for me. So the first stat that jumped out of me was the he's got really high accuracy with his kind of progressive passing. Um, so he 77% of his progressive passing is accurate, so that puts him in the 90th percentile of the players in, the, in these leagues that we scouted. So really, really good. Um, he's really, really happy receiving the ball and recycling it. You know, he doesn't he doesn't take unnecessary risks, sort of you know playing progressive balls. He'll, he'll, he's happy kind of moving it side to side or back to his sense, uh, to his goalkeeper in that respect. And I always felt he made like the right call. I never saw him make the wrong call. It, there was opportunities to go forward that were maybe risky. He wouldn't take it, but he seemed to make good choices when to do that. So I was kind of really happy with him on the ball. He, you know, really secure. In, in terms of the really big, nice upside from this guy is he carries the ball really well. Really puts in mind of Joel Matic when he used to st- <laughs> stride through the uh, Leeds midfield back in the Bielsa days. So he's like, he's a big, tall guy and, and, and he, he just carries it super well. He, he's got he dribbles it as well. He's got like you know he does 0.6 dribbles per game and he's got a really high success rate for a centre back of 70 um, percent. But he's just what, what I really liked was he was really good at just kind of basing the press and then just stepping out and stepping past the, the forwards into the midfield and then releasing often his right back. It was quite a common move that the, the team played and it just made me think, hang on, this guy could really work in in a Fark team when Fark likes to get his right back really high and, and released up the wing. So. Yeah, just a really nice ball playing guy and just a really, really nice ball carrier. Just 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 
excellent at breaking the press and striding away from the the front line of press and and releasing it excellently into either a centre forward or or someone someone wide. Sounds good, uh, but it sounds like a lot of Ben White esque traits there. Well, would you say yeah. that's accurate? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just really good. It's like the timing of his, 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 his carry. It was just really, really good at just kind of, kind of waiting and then just, just, just bursting into, in, into space really quickly. He's got, like I say, really tall guy and like long, long striding leg, a long stride that got him away really quickly. So, yeah, it was just really, um, just, just, just a really nice feature of his game. And I just think the, it's, it's quite funny. The, the, the left centre back um, for young boys was really like Woba, really played really like Woba. I was just sat there watching this guy thinking, actually, this guy could be really, really handy foil for Woba, you know, particularly on the ball carrying element. So, yeah, I'm just I'm quite high on that on that side of the guy. So, yeah, I think he'll be good. No, that sounds good. And how about how about in uh, defensive qualities? What what would it be say his um, strengths and weaknesses when it comes to defending? Yeah, he was fairly good in the air. I mean, I wouldn't say he's massively dominant. He's quite tall. I think he's six foot three. So. He's winning more of his duels. His kind of aerial win duel percentage is something like 61%, which puts him in the top 75 percentile. So, you know, pretty good. Uh, and even when he wasn't winning them, he's really good at kind of like disrupting the, the, the player that's heading the ball. So I never really felt anyone got the better of him completely, even if he didn't win the header cleanly. So generally speaking, they're really pretty good. I was I wouldn't be worried about him coming to the championship in that in that regard. Um, Positioning's really good, actually. Um, he seemed to have a really nice knack of sort of always being goal side uh, when covering his centre-back partner, I mentioned before his centre-back partner is a bit like Woba, so quite an aggressive um, defender. He was really going, you know, go hard at the at the opposition. So he was really nice and, and, and smart covering him behind and would always keep goal side, always hold the opposition up. So I kind of like that part of his game. So again, I think that would complement the sort of players you have at Leeds, you know, someone that's, that's happy covering him behind. Um, he seemed pretty quick, um, but his positioning was always pretty good. I never really felt like he needed to use his pace. There's one particular case where I saw him really put the burners on, so I think the pace is there. But I didn't see him use that a lot, but I think it's there, so I'll be happy in that respect. Um, the only real downside of concern with this guy is I saw him get rolled a couple of times by a muscular forward. You know, he got like touched tight to him and got the centre forward, and he kind of got rolled a little bit. And, and So I wonder if there's a bit maybe perhaps a, a strength issue or maybe he just gets a little bit to- close to players when he's marking in deep position. So that's the only real downside or slight concern. I think the numbers kind of back this up. Um, so with his defensive actions per 90, he's it was pretty low in the 20th percentile. We've only kind of 8.35 per 90. And defensive duels won is only about 67%, which would put him in the 43rd percentile. So not super good on that respect. But, you know, um, I think his positioning and his, I guess, his speed and his aerial ability kind of makes up for that so i wouldn't be a, a, a massive concern but you know it's just one thing to know for this guy well yeah it's always good to know what the strengths and weaknesses are and i think it's also good to know that when it comes to the total volume um this guy ha- is pretty low like you said 19 percentile for successful defensive actions and 26 for defensive duels but um since he's in one of the more dominant sides in switzerland um it's quite natural that his defensive volume will be lower than some some other players in, in in the data set that we used, so it's quite possible that that is an explanation. There's one good one, one thing I would say about young boys is they're quite a dynamic team. You know, they play back to front quite quickly on the on the ground, but you know, kind of like you know, fairly kind of um, quite a vertical style, I guess. So the ball was coming back fairly often, but he was just really good at mopping up. So we did see quite a lot of ball. You know, we were seeing plenty of ball, but generally speaking, he was mopping up rather than having to defend. Um, a lot of transitions so and he had he had he had a really good set i mean this is a side issue but he had a really good defensive midfielder in front of him so you know he got plenty of protection that always helps 
helps, though, isn't he? That no. always helps. Yeah, yeah. I think you've already covered this a little bit, but can you tell us any more you could tell us about his physical profile? Yeah, well, he's like he's like everybody. Um, he's six foot three at the moment. It's been mentioned at Leeds, so um, he's kind of like a wiry kind of muscular build. So he's the same height as Pascal and Robin Cock, but I suspect he'd be quite a bit lighter than those guys. You know, like a slimmer build, if, if to put that in context, from the same height. Um, like I say, he's quick, um, pretty good in the air. So yeah, just 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 a fairly typical kind of look tall, wiry centre back. So you know, not quite as skinny as John Matic, but not as Muscular as Robin Cock. Think of it that way. That, that sounds a very good um, representation of him. Thank you. And so how much roughly do you think he would cost? So well, he's only got one year in his contract, which is nice. But he's the erratic centre-back partner. He's, um, he, I watched him. He's just been sold to Germany, Wolfsburg, I think, for five and a bit million euros. But this guy's only got one year left in his contract. So I kind of thought about four million. But um, there's one thing I really, really do need to mention with this guy does have a bit of an injury history so that's it's, it's another downside to cons- concern yourself with he had the torn meniscus last season now he's considered fit now so I, I do wonder if you know the fact he's got a year left and he's got a bit of an in- injury re- uh, background might might mean he's we could get him fairly cheap but I think we'd have to kind of you know be aware of that if we ever did buy this bit of play like this but yeah I would, I would say four million I don't think players go for mega money from Switzerland. I looked at Young Boys' sales, and the biggest sale I've ever had is that I've seen in recent years is seven million for a centre centre forward. I think centre halves go for three, four, five million. That kind of ballpark. So, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, so next day uh, it's probably me who's going to be talking. I think, but unless there's anything else which you wanted to add, to anything else you've missed out on there, Dan? No, no, not 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 at all, really. No, I was just just like I say, I was, I was pretty high in this guy. I think it would just it would just it would it would slot nicely against the kind of uh, left centre backs we've got. So you know, I'd be I'd be happy to see him come if we were to do it. Just 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 be aware of the injury record and that, you know, with the guy, that's the only thing I would say. But you know, so, so he's a Victor Art special then. A little bit, yeah, yeah. I think that's the only downside, really. But like you know, I think he's, the, the ball upside for this guy was, would be worth the risk. I think he's really nice on the no ball. Problem. That sounds good. All right, so Martin. Um, we don't heard you from you for a while. You were scouting what's the guy called Ruben Seegers of KVC Westerlo, if that's right, from the Belgian Pro League. So, what can you tell us about Ruben? Yeah, well, he's he's 24 years old. Uh, he has 53 appearances for, for Westerlo across the last four seasons, with most of these coming in the last two seasons with 48. He suffered a bad knee injury in the 1920 season, which hindered him for the that season and also the 2021 season it kind of happened like halfway through both so it went into both um but across 21 and 22 and 22 and 23 he's not suffered any reoccurrence of injury which is a good sign uh so yeah that's just the basics about him he's a center back played all his games at center back as well cool so what would you say his possession strengths and weaknesses are uh, he's very capable of of switching the ball. Uh, that's one thing I, I noticed a lot. Um, he, he loves to hit to hit it long over to, over to his left back. So he quite often does that with regularity. I'd say that's more of a trait of his because I didn't notice his um, centre back partner doing it as as often. So it seemed like something which he likes to do, and he he likes to always take a touch before he does to set himself up for, for the long pass. So he would take a touch with his left foot and, and then pass the ball with the right foot switching it over, raking it over, and most of the time he was pretty accurate with that. And his long passes do, do reflect that as well. He's in the 78th percentile for long passing. So he does do quite a lot of long balls per game. Um, but the accuracy of them, the, by, by the data at least, I didn't see this too often, um, but long passes, it wasn't quite as good for, his, for the completion. Uh, I think it was like 40th percentile. 
Um, and other than that, uh, he would be an asset when looking, looking to play out from the back. He generally plays safe, but he is quite able to penetrate midfield lines when he chooses to. He's in the 78th percentile for short medium passes, um, and eight, which is about 18, 89% completion. So he's does it quite quite well. And what I mentioned there about penetrating midfield lines, his progressive passing is also good with um, eight eight per game, which is about 60th percentile. So not really high, but but when when he does want to do it, he is very capable of doing it. He can control the ball with both feet, um, but he probably does just about favour his right foot, and he prefers to pass with his right, but he's quite capable of playing it with his left as well, which is always a plus. And his, his early build-up play is just really good. He generally passed it out pretty short most of the time. He doesn't panic and hit, hit it long when he's under pressure, which I did, did really like, and it's, which is something which Fark would want in a possession-based side, of course, is a defender who doesn't panic when he's under pressure, so that was also something which I really enjoyed. He's got quite long legs, which give him quite a big stride, and you'd think this would mean his ball carrying can, can be clunky, but he can carry the ball quite well when he chooses to. He doesn't do it that often, but when he, when he does do it, he's quite good and quite smooth with the, with the way that he moves. Um, and just general, I just really liked him in possession. That was his biggest upside for me. Was his in, in possession game. He just he gets the ball forward quite often, and when, when he does get it forward, he's very accurate with it. He's in the ninety third percentile for accurate forward passing, which is really high. Eighty three percent of his forward passes were accurate, which is just really high. Which is something that you would want from a player who's looking to, to get the ball forward in a possession based system and the team that he played for were pretty possession based over them because they, they weren't that high up in the league I think, they, I think they finished about 10th but they did try to keep hold of the ball where they could so he, he's already playing the kind of possession based system but I just don't think their players are very good overall which does limit him in some aspects but yeah um, I, I was very happy with what I saw about this guy in possession Cool, that sounds good. Uh, what would you say defensive qualities and weaknesses are? I think his probably his biggest weakness, I'll go for his weakness first, is um, how aggressive he is. And he steps out quite off, quite often from defence when the striker that he's marking drops deep to collect the ball, which could quite well be exploited. Uh, look at it again, I saw him in, he was um, marking Vincent Janssen, so not the most mobile of centre-forwards, but if he was marking one who had a turn on him when he pushed in towards the back, uh, he was quite, I think he, he's liable to be turned. So I think that is one thing which I'd say which was more negative in his game. And also the timing of his jumping could be improved. Um, I noticed a few, uh, one in a set piece where he jumped too late, he should really be able to clear the ball, but the, the goal was scored as, as a result. And I think that could just be that I saw that one example, and maybe he's generally good up most of the time. I mean, his aerial dual win rate is 57%, which is about the 57 percentile as well. So it's not exactly really low, not really high. So it could just be I saw a couple of bad examples, but I thought it was at least something that is worth keeping an eye on. And regards to the rest of his, his defensive game, he's generally pretty good positioning-wise in open play. And that's one thing I like too, about his, how he scouts and he scans when he's out of possession. He was doing it a lot more than most of the other defenders around him. And that was something which I really like to see in the centre-back. He's someone who is, isn't just attracted to the ball. You see that so often, and we've got a few defenders who are like that, who get caught just watching the ball and not being aware of what's going on around them. And that's something which he did do very nicely. So yeah, so some things to 
to be aware of about him defensively. But I was more than happy about most of the stuff which I saw him defensively. I, I didn't see him get get run past often. He seems to position himself well when someone's run, running at him and tries to not lunge in too often with his tackles, which is always a good sign. And that's, that could explain why he's quite low for sliding tackles. He, he's only in the 28th percentile for sliding tackles, um, which shows to me that he's, he's not one who likes to jump in with, with tackles, which is kind of contrary to the way that he, as I mentioned before, that he's aggressive, but he'll sort of get in aggressive behind them to force them to pass it away until sort of aware that someone's there. But when he's actually defending with a man on, with a man facing him, he doesn't dive in as often. But he's really high for interceptions. He'll quite often, but he's got really long, lanky legs and he can, he can get his feet out to intercept balls really well. He's in the seventh, uh, just probably in the 80th percentile actually for interceptions with 8.15 per game, which is pretty high. So yeah, I think there is good and bad with Ruben, um, but I wouldn't be too concerned. I mean, in terms of his positioning, how do you feel about him partnered up with Woba, who we probably think is going to be the first choice left centre back? Um, it could be a bit, bit, bit of a tr- struggle because both of them are pretty aggressive defenders at times. Um, so maybe he probably wouldn't be best suited to go alongside Verba. Like I said, there's some parts of his um, game which are aggressive, some parts which aren't aggressive. So it's a weird one. I think I'd probably like to see him prepared with Strauch a, a bit more because Strauch is one who's less liable to get go aggressively forward and follow his man. So I think he could be a good, good pairing for Strauch. Cool, nice one. Uh, what about his physical profile? He's just short of six, six foot two, uh, which is decent height, not massive at all, not not short. Uh, so it's decent thing. He's built, uh, I'd probably say below average for his height. Um, his legs seems really, really skinny. <laughs> That's one thing I just noticed, and it was just really strange seeing someone as tall as that with skinny legs because I'm about the same height as this guy, and I think my legs were much bigger than him and I'm not a footballer I know most of mine will be fat and not muscle but that's another story um, so I do think that he could potentially be muscled off the ball by a strong centre forward and that's probably one concern about buying physically but regards to his pace I didn't notice any major problems with his pace that's one which I didn't, I didn't notice anything which amazed me I didn't notice anything which worried me so I think overall other than his strength he's probably average for most of the things Okay, cool. And how much do you think he'd cost? Well, his contract expires in 2026, so he's got a few years left on it. Um, the fee that they paid for him isn't shown anywhere online, but I can't imagine it will have been that big. Um, the biggest fee they've sold the player for was $11 million, which was actually for Lyle Foster, who has recently joined Burnley. Um, but he was their joint top scorer last season. So I would imagine a striker will go for a fair bit more than a centre-back. And so I don't think the fee should be very high, I'd guess between five and eight million. So it wouldn't be a risky signing, in my opinion. So yeah, that's everything about Ruben Seegers. And next, we're going to move on to Foster. Uh, you've been scouting Joseph Okumu from KAA Ghent in the Belgian Pro League. Can you tell us a bit about Joseph, Tom? Yeah, so um, Okumu's a 26-year-old Kenyan. Uh, he's played 55 times in the Belgian Pro League for Ghent. And before that, he was at um, Elfsborg in the Alveskan. And weirdly, before that, he was in the second tier of America, um, which in which was quite interesting. Um, Okumu came up really well in the data, um, and we'll get on to that. But 
yeah, that's basically his his profile. He's there's no data for how long he's got left on his contract, um, but he only signed in 2021. So okay, so potentially a few years left. That's cool. And next, well, what are his in possession strengths and weaknesses? Yeah, so as I was saying, in in the data he turned up quite well with regards to in possession. So um, progressive passes per ninety were twelve point seven nine, which put him in the ninety ninth percentile, um, which led to him having a number of forward passes that also put him in the ninety ninth percentile. I think that was twenty seven point three seven, and everything looked quite good in that sense. Um, but on on the watch, what you begin to see and some things to caveat um, when I come on to Maury's defensive. Uh, discussion but he in possession he'll really try and force that line breaking pass um, and he, he can do it obviously but he makes he sometimes it isn't the right choice and that obviously shows up in the numbers I think Ghent try and that's how they want to attack they want to be quite direct on the floor and he, but he'll try to find a pass which goes through the first two kind of pressing lines yeah um, in, in a way when it comes off it looks really good and when it doesn't obviously it looks really bad it can lead you to be counterattacked um, in a similar way to how Lorente plays, and there was a lot that I saw which reminded me of Lorente in many different ways. He doesn't really complete many short to medium passes, and that seems to be he's quite nonchalant and careless. He kind of just seems to just do the pass and not really put any conviction into it. Um, so again, that's that's another downside of him. He's got this ability to make those passes you can see that but his choice of how he convicts himself and his choice of pass that he's going to make isn't quite correct in my opinion oh that's fair and uh, what about him defensively what are his qualities and weaknesses defensively so yeah the first thing to caveat with okumu is that gent play with a back three and he plays in the center of those center backs usually there were a couple of games last year where they did play in a back four and he played on the right side of that. And so I watched one of those games and it, it didn't come out well for him in, in in that game. There was moments where he got tangled up with a man running in behind him where he's lost concentration. There was moments where he swiped the ball in the air and completely missed it and it bounced through to the goalkeeper, luckily for him. But there was an, effect, there was an attacker right behind him ready to pounce if that if the bounce went the right way. Um, but what what he is good at, he, he, what he is really good at, and that does come up with his um, interceptions. And I think this comes from the back three: is that he knows he's got the right side centre back and the left side centre back in those positions. And so what he is good at is when the ball goes in behind, he sweeps really well and he has got good pace. And what he does there is he reads really well to use his pace to get in between the attacker and intercept it before it gets to him, sweep him round. Um, so that was really good. That was something which I thought he did really well. He muscled up with Antonio really well. So I watched the quarterfinal from the Conference League of him and he muscled up with Antonio really well. Um, didn't get beaten in the air. Th- that was really good. The um, But the big issue was, was when he was dribbled directly at and he wouldn't commit to showing a dribbler either side. So if you remember the, if you can all have a look at the Declan Rice goal against Ghent in that quarterfinal at, um, at the London Stadium, he's the one that gets tangled up. He, he, he's all over the place. He doesn't commit. And Antonio had done that to him earlier on in the game as well. And he just doesn't, because I think he's used to that centre-back position where he's not having to engage in that sort of thing. He doesn't know where to show a player or how to show a player down the outsides in that sense. So that was 
that was a bit worrying. Um, yeah, but like I said, he is strong. He he was good at if he got into if he was engaged in that. So there was a time when the ball was played up to Antonio, and we know that Antonio's really good at holding up the ball, and he was able to kind of nick the ball off Antonio from behind by using his strength in that sense, and then regaining possession for Ghent. But otherwise, I wasn't as big. He he scared me. It, it felt like his numbers show he's really good. He, or he has lots of volume and he is good, but when he doesn't get it right, it's usually because he's gone. He's gone very wrong, not just someone else has done something fantastic. Okay, so there's um, more negatives and positives, would you say, with him defensively? That's fair. Uh, you think you've already covered most about his physical profile, but is there anything that you've missed out by about him physically? No, just similar to what I think you two both said regarding your defenders. He's six foot three, um, but. He isn't the broadest of builds or most kind of bulked out builds. He's quite looking gangly sort of thing. And I think that's just um, that kind of maybe the league sort of thing. And, you know, he's a bit more pacey, so he, but he's got the strength there. So he's just got lean strength rather than, you know, a damn triore strength. No, that's fair. And how much do you think he would cost, lovely? So, as I said, don't know exactly how long he's got on his contract, but looking at the kind of valuations you're looking at probably between four to five million which i, w- I wouldn't want to spend personally okay i think that this well obviously we scouted this guy because his data looked good uh you you liked what you saw of him and he also came up on my data as well so this is one of those things that should we be trusting our eyes or should, should we just be leaning on the data um from these things with um scouting for center back specifically uh, the data can be often misleading. And we wanted to talk a bit about that. I know you've worked directly in football, haven't you, Hossie? Yeah, and um, a lot of it always, a lot of the discussion of when I was working in football um, came from these are good numbers, but when you are looking at defenders, and you mentioned it earlier really well with uh, Kamara's numbers being low, and that's likely due to be um, a possession dominated. They were more. They were more... Um, dominating team within the league and so those sort of things you have to take into consideration when comparing someone who's got who's doing a lot of defensive duels compared to someone who's doing not so many defensive duels um we're coming on to fullbacks and the big one for that was kind of if you were looking at defenders as a whole and you were kind of looking at percentile of defenders you know your fullbacks probably aren't going to be involved as many aerial duels as your center backs so don't worry too much about their aerial jumpers as well. Um, obviously, again, it all depends on how each team plays and which team in that sense. And yeah, as we've just said, because of the way that, because of the sheer volume with the way that Ghent played, um, the numbers came up for Akumu that in possession he looked very good and looked like he would. He's quite progressive, and he is. But it's dangerous and it's erratic and it's not quite. You know, it's not quite as good as what the numbers show in that sense. Yeah, that's all very fair. And the thing which um, data just cannot show you when it comes to defending is how aggressive a defender is, um, how, how, why he's getting so high up. Um, if he's likely to do a Cruyff turn on the edge of his box, um, we won't be seeing any expected Cruyff turns, but I'm sure Diego Lorente would show very highly on that metric if that existed. Um, but yeah, it's such a difficult thing to scout his first centre-backs, especially when you're just leading on data, so you really have to use the eye test to make your own judgment when it comes to defenders, and it's so difficult. So, uh, Dan, do you have anything to contribute on this? Yeah, I'm totally, I'm, I'm massive on this, watch the tape, 
centre-backs, you've got to watch the tape. So my guy, Mohamed Kamara, Kamara, his his defensive numbers weren't super hot, but that's because like his positioning is superb and he's intercepting stuff before he needs to do a defensive action. I was completely reassured watching the guy but on this front, you know, um, just because he, he's positioning well. I saw him lose headers, but I saw him disrupt the header, the, the, the attacking player so well that it didn't matter he lost the header. He kind of, he, his, his team weren't put in any danger. So again, that he doesn't have a mega high aerial success rate, but it wasn't getting anywhere for the opposition. So if he wasn't winning it, it was disrupting them. So yeah, it's just watch the tape and get the context around these numbers a little bit. I mean, different for the other positions. I think the, the numbers can tell you more, but for centre-back, you just need to watch the tape, look at the context. While the numbers are coming up, yeah, massive believer in that. Yep, that's all very fair. Um, and just last thing to note about these centre backs, we have been linked with Nat Phillips of Liverpool. And if we do sign him, we will do more in depth analysis, we promise. But for now, do either of you have anything to say on Phillips? I'll be honest, I haven't had a chance to watch him yet. I've, I've, watched, a, I've watched a tiny bit of him, really, really small amount. So, what I would say is great in the air, really dominant in the air. I can see it's been super strong with him in the air, you know, if we, if we have him. So that's quite, it's quite aggressive. I'd say fairly similar style to Woba, you know, on the right-hand side. Kind of, um, I watched one half of a game for Bournemouth um, and when he played for Bournemouth in the champ. And he was really kind of really marching the centre of his defensive box and heading everything out, very much the kind of focal point centre-back. I'm going to attack everything. I'm the main guy that's clearing the line kind of thing. Definitely that kind of player. His passing was kind of safe, but I didn't, I didn't see him do any interesting passing. It was always just out to the full-back. Or back to his other centre half, you know, just all very safe. One decent long ball out to the left wing, and that was it. So I didn't see a great deal, but like I say, I've got to say, I've only just watched a little bit of his, his game, really. Um, more mobile than expected. I saw him chase back after a ball. It was quicker than I thought. Uh, in my head, I thought it was quite a slow player, but so I'm just kind of a bit like, fine, but is he good enough for 10 million? I don't know. Not exciting, but he'll just, just basically solid. Uh, he, he won't let us down. He'll defend really well, he'll defend his line. He'll win his aerial duels. He'll cover, the, he'll cover his partner quite well. He'll not. He'll play it safe with the ball at his feet, but he'll not make massive mistakes. That sounds fair for a, for a, for a quick watch, like you said. Uh, it's hard to take into account anything from a small amount of time watching. So, like we said, we'll, we will do more in-depth analysis if we do sign him. Um, but yes, moving on, we're going to talk about left-backs. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. First of all, let's cover what Farker would like from his fullbacks. Um, first of all, both of Farker's fullbacks get forward quite often in possession and combine a lot with their wingers. As such, ideally we want a left-back who's able to contribute in the final third to a high standard. Farker's been known to have one of his fullbacks invert and sometimes in build-up, but most often in the final third. In the 18-19 season, he had Jamal Lewis perform this role. Um, you see Onel Hernandez on that same flank be the player holding width, and Lewis would be attacking the half space quite often. So ideally, we would like a player who would be able to invert if possible. That is always something which is a good option to have, because I'm not sure if um, the right-backs we have are best at inverting. I would say the right-backs we have are probably best at holding width, so we'd probably want the left-back to be the one who's going to invert. 
And finally, which would be an added bonus, is if the left back possesses a good amount of pace, as we spoke about before, Farker uses a high line and could be required to use his pace quite often. So first of all, um, we'll go to Dan again. Uh, Dan has been scouting Alex Cochran from Hearts in the Scottish Premier League. So Dan, tell us a bit about Alex's background. So Alex's background, yeah, he's actually English. He's from Brighton. Um, he came through the Brighton Academy um, and played a few times for the... He kind of came up through the Brighton under-23s. Um, don't think he played for the Brighton first team at all. I've not seen any numbers on that. Um, I had a, un, had a, uh, a loan at Union saint Gerois in Belgium for a while. Uh, and then he signed for Hearts, firstly on loan in the 21-22 season, and then signed permanently uh, for Hearts for half a million quid uh, a year ago. Um, so, so uh, he's played England under 20s and under 19s. And in fact, he played a game for England under 20s um, at left back. And Jack Clark was his left winger when Jack Clark was at Leeds. This was in the 1920 season. So, when Jack Clark was doing all that great stuff for Leeds under Bielsa's first year of that period. So, um, that's cool. So, yeah, but background on the, on the kids. So, yeah. Um, so, the way he plays, I mean, I really, really enjoyed watching this kid. He's a really, really fun player. Uh, really, really, I got, I got a bit silly about him, but basically he plays as a inverted left back a lot of the time. Um, and what I mean by that is, is he kind of drives in field to receive the ball. So very similar to Zinchenko Arsenal, you know, the way he does it for Arsenal to kind of form that box midfield. Hearts did kind of a similar thing, actually. And, and he looks like Zinchenko as well, a little bit with his blonde hair. Um, <laughs> as a side. But one for the, the one difference, where Zinchenko would cut into the midfield and, and to receive the ball and be, you know, part of a double pivot, this guy almost has got a license to kind of drive forward and be like a box crashing, crashing centre mid almost. So it's really, really interesting the way he plays. So it'd, it'd, it'd invert to get involved in build up with the pivot and, 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 and and what have you, but then, and then, you know, when, when his team were kind of high up the pitch, he had the license to really get his bike and, and, and drive through in kind of central areas, almost like a number eight um, from left back. So that was really good. And there was one really lovely goal he scored against Dundee where he was involved in the build-up and he kind of made an in, inward run from left back into the kind of central mid area. And they played the ball out to the left winger who kind of holds the touchline quite well. And, you know, the ball came back and he kind of, kind of steamed through on the blind side of the referee, picked the ball that went past the centre back and, and put it away. It was a real kind of classic kind of attacking centre mid play, really, but really nice, nice bit of play. Um, he's really dynamic as well with the ball. Um, one thing he often does is he would start in the, the, the Hearts back four, Hearts mostly play a back four. The ball would be moving around the back four and he would kind of make a really sharp darting run in field towards the centre mids and then the left centre back would ping it over to the left winger who would really hold the touchline really high you know really really hug the touchline and it would almost he'd be like drawing the the opposition right winger away to kind of open that path up that was a really common move he would play and you know I, I can see I can see Far kind of using that kind of move you know with Harrison or Nonto so I, I kind of like that element of, of his play and I can see it working for Leeds um one thing he was really good at is really happy to receive under pressure, like you know, under market people were pinging the ball into him when under pressure, and he was great at turning away out of pressure or or playing it back to a centre back. Almost, you know, he had a midfielder skill set in that respect. Really, really good in that respect, in that way. Um, and when he does receive the ball in in central areas or out wide, is is a really kind of progressive forward passer. Um, he's got a real good volume of forward passes, so eighteen point four four I think per ninety, with a really solid accuracy of kind of sixty four percent, which is puts him in the 84th percentile so really nice numbers we're talking nine progressive passes per 90 minutes um so yeah just just wants to receive it in tight spaces in central areas and play it forward like a midfielder but more than happy to receive it in kind of orthodox left back positions and play it down the line as well um so yeah just a really nice player on the ball um 
his crossing numbers are good. He doesn't do a lot of crosses. He's, he's averaging two crosses a game. But I think that's a, a function of him kind of playing in field quite a lot of the time. But when he gets out there and crosses, his crosses are really good, actually. Um, uh, I saw him set up a really nice goal against Aberdeen with a really sweet cross, which it, it, it was quite an interesting move. He was involved in build-up play um, in central midfield. And then he made a really nice darting run out to the, to the left wing and then whips it across really quickly for a goal. So just a really nice varied player. Um, but yeah, his accurate crosses are something like 90%. I'll put them in 90% now. So just a really, really good quality crosser when he gets there. So if we wanted to play him as an outside left winger, he's got the quality to do that. And he's got the legs and the dynamism to get up the pitch in, in more orthodox ways. So... Yeah, um, that's really good, a good side to his game. Um, so that's it in terms of my my notes on his, his his on ball. But yeah, really good fun player. Just a lot of fun. That's what I'd say about him. Really fun. He did. He has played a couple of games actually as a centre mid. Um, not many, but he has started games at centre mid. So another element, I guess, for this guy is that you know he could be versatile. So that's a, a slight upside on him. That sounds great. And what about him defensively? What are his um, defensive qualities and weaknesses? Yeah, so bit of an up and down on this than this part of his game. So strong in duels actually, really nice like one on one defender. He doesn't dive in. He was really good at kind of holding his opposition player up. Um, so I'm not concerned about him kind of his, his, his defensive, his physicality in defending and his, his timing of his tackles and his timing of his headers and stuff. That's all fine. Um, but I do positionally, I think I've got some some concerns. I've seen him get caught out a couple of times, sort of playing square and getting caught square with wingers running behind him. He got sent off versus Celtic towards the end of the season because he was caught out by the winger who kind of got behind him and he turned and clipped his heels and got sent off, you know, as, as the last man. Uh, possibly a harsh decision, but I did see that a couple of times. So, And then I think I've also seen him hang back and hang deeper than his centre-back because obviously he's concerned about being caught out. Um, so again, ruining the offside trap. So yeah, I just think defensive positioning is not one of his strong points. Um, and the other thing is obviously we're in, in possession, Hearts are playing this system where he's in field. He's essentially a centre mid, getting involved in build up and driving through. Um, sometimes you know he can get caught on the break and there's a big gap at left back. And I didn't really see him busting a gut to get back to left back, but that could have been that could have been a uh, a team instruction. You know, you just you just hold position in centre mid and, and we'll cover across in different ways. Um, so yeah, defensive positioning is the thing I'd worry about, and that's the thing I'd flag up. You know, if I was if I was passing this report to my my director of football, but in terms of the defending fundamentals, I think they're kind of there. Like I say, good tackler, you know, a good strong player, like doesn't dive in or well, unless he really needs to, and 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 kind of holds players up and waits waits to people to, to get around him when he's defending. So. Yeah, mixed bag in that respect. Sounds good. So it's good to hear about a player's um, good stuff and, and bad stuff. And what about him physically? You covered some little bits about this, but anything else? Yeah, well, he's really dynamic, really kind of quick. Just, just always in the move, looking for the ball, turning. You know, it's just so he's obviously got a great engine on him and he's quite a good pace. Um, but he's not very tall. He's only five foot seven. But to be honest, on the watch. I didn't really notice that. I didn't notice that as a downside. It's, I was I was shocked when I looked up his height actually later on. I was like, I didn't see him that small. So, yeah, not a big, not a big powerful guy or anything. So I guess we we want to be a little bit cautious, conscious of you know where we put him in for set pieces and that kind of thing if we were to sign him. But yeah, just a really kind of kind of Alioski like in the way he's just always busy and always moving and always involved and he's got blonde hair as well. So just just kind of like a really fun dynamic player in that respect. But yeah, not a big no, guy. No, that's fine. I don't, I don't think that's something which is a problem for fullbacks. To be honest, I think I probably I think I probably no. prefer if my fullbacks to be a bit on the short side, so they're capable of getting getting out of the situation a bit easier. I think. So. Uh, yeah, I saw. I looked at his profile, and he actually played some games at centre half, which I can't believe. I can't understand. I didn't go back and look at them, but he's actually got about twelve games for Hearts at centre back at five foot seven. That's surprising, but 
I guess they were confident that he could handle it. You know, maybe I think he might have been left at the back three or something. But so yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, the left centre back is always always one which you can risk having a, a mm. shorter centre back. Um, but what about regards to how much it would cost? How much would Hearts want for him? I don't know. Um, this is I really found this one tough to work out. I've got here written three to four million quid. I mean, he's got he's got three years on his contract, so there's no no issues there. Twenty three years old. Um, I don't think the non-old firm teams tend to get massive prices for players. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I would think three or four million quid would probably do the, do it, but I don't know. It's really hard to guess. You know, if it was an old firm player, then you're talking ten million, aren't you, for a, for a good left back, technical left back? But from from a non-old firm, a Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen type club, yeah, I think you're talking three, four million. I think I think yeah, I think Hearts paid half a million for him a year ago, so you know they'd probably be happy to see that kind of profit. No, that's fair. Yeah, I don't, I don't think players generally do go for much from players who are at different teams and the all firm like you said so yeah that sounds about right to me that's great thank you for all that Dan uh, so next we'll move on to Tom who's been scouting Nathan Shaw Anon I've probably said that wrong who plays for Excelsior Rotterdam in the Eredivisie Tom tell us a bit about Nathan uh, yeah so it's I did inquire a Dutch friend for pronunciation for this um, but it is simply just Nathan Chuayon uh, so it's just Chuon. yeah um yeah, so he's. I'll caveat this with that uh, we discussed. Obviously, we were looking at player profiles twenty four to twenty eight. There's a player that we will discuss who's been highly linked um, and likely to sign, hopefully. Um, and so I kind of looked at the fact that I still think that we need a backup left back. Uh, we still need two left backs. We've we're still getting rid of Furpo probably. And I know that there's talk of Hjelde, but um, he could also be a centre back. Depends if we've discuss Verber and Stroik, one of them could go still, if the money's right. Um, so yeah, he's more of that sort of profile. He's got one year left on his contract and, you know, last season was his first full season as a starter. So before that, he played uh, around about seven to ten games in the division below in Excelsior's promotion season, and then he moved up to left-back this year and got a goal and assist and I think they just avoided relegation. Okay, that's great. And how about his in-possession qualities and weaknesses? Yeah, so in-possession, I actually found him really good. So he doesn't come up very well in the uh, in-possession stats again, but this is I think this is purely down to his um, the team and their play style. So every time he got forward and was found, his quality of cross was really good, his ball striking was good. There was moments where he would have been pressured by two or three players and he'd find a really nice, smart pass through them and play out of that pressure. And his accurate long passes are in the 90th percentile, but his actual long passes per 90 are in like the 42nd. So this is what I mean by kind of the vo- the fact that his team doesn't have much of the ball, doesn't his qualities is there to be seen still. Um, he has a really good... Uh, ability to carry the ball into the field and see space he does have the often it's his first season so i'm i'm allowed i'm happy to give him some leeway on it that sometimes he maybe takes a bit of a heavy touch with his dribbling but he's really confident when it comes to he, he'll move at a nice pace and he makes the right choice with his pass nine out of ten times and what he does really nicely is he never breaks stride he doesn't alter his stride to make that pass so i think the video that i showed um, you you guys as well, what, what he did there was he drove into the middle and managed to, in the centre circle, open, his, open up his body to play a nice pass out wide. Um, that's the other thing that he does really well, actually. 
if the ball's coming from the centre across and he's being pressed, he can re- he switches it from his right side to his left side to open up his body and play down the line really nicely, which I think is what what we talk about when we're want what we're wanting to see from Christensen at times, um, which he doesn't have, and that I really liked, I really enjoyed that, and yeah, he, he was just a really nice player playing in probably a team which he's outgrown already, maybe, um, even though it's only his first full season. No, that's fair. A lot of things about um. T- Team strengths also got to come, come with this, so it's good to quantify some numbers there. That's great, thanks for that. And what about him in, in defence? What are his qualities and weaknesses in that, that area? Yeah, so he positioned himself quite well for interceptions again. And something which I did notice was if he was caught in a duel where he's like running down the line and he's tussling, he never lost that duel, ne- never once And from what I saw. And he comes up really high in those numbers as well. Um, his defensive duels won is 62%, which for a left-back is quite good because usually you're up against tricky wingers. Um, his successful defensive actions per 90 is way up there in the 99th percentile with 12.43. Uh, he wins, again, his team, are, his team aren't the most dominant, and so his defensive duels per 90 are also up there in, 81, in, the, no, in the 97th percentile with 10 defensive duels per 90. Um, but yeah, his strength was really good. He's six foot, so that's that's good. Um, there was times where he may have got caught like in two on one situations, and they've kind of just got in behind him. Um, and maybe he's lost track of ball watching. But again, he's he's only twenty one, and I'm not saying I've already said this player I don't see as being a starter. I wouldn't sign him as a starter. But if he was the player to go into the into our twenty ones and get twenty games this season as like with the cups included i think he'd be happy with that and that would be the sort of role that i can see him playing in that sense that sounds good so it's good to have backup options and it is legal to have more than one left back i hope leads are aware of this because it's been a long time coming that we've only had one left back who's been senior or even on the 21s really but yes and what about you said a little bit about his physical profile but anything else to add on that yeah, he, uh, he never really competed in, in the air. Didn't really see much of that. But if he was, um, like I said, he, he was strong, six foot, he's decent build for a left back and he had good recovery pace as well. If he, something which I didn't mention actually in the defensive weaknesses and strengths I've just remembered is if he stood the winger up as well, he usually won that battle as well. So he'd force them into making, having to, having to do a pass which they maybe didn't want to do or the cross wouldn't be quite what they wanted or he'd block it, but he would have a tendency sometimes, again, I think this could be down to him still being a bit green, to dive in every now and then. It wasn't too often, but it was also not good every time he did it. It left gaps. He wouldn't. He never really made that challenge when he dived in. It never was successful, um, which would be something to worry about. But when he stayed on his feet, he was really good. He Regarding physical, there was a time where he kind of stepped out towards the byline to stop the cross and the player had cut in and he managed within that one step to spring straight back off his left foot and come in and shield again and it, that was so that was really good he had, he had good agility in that sense sounds good and how much do you think he would cost roughly he like i said he's got one year on his contract he's still on kind of like that this is my first club sort of contract so he's really not going to cost much maximum one mil hmm. um so I, I think you can probably get him for 600 to 700 000 as well 
That is a very, very low, low, low cost. I do like that. That will be a good option for a backup. Thank you very much for that. Uh, so I want to switch around. Um, Hossi can ask me questions for, for this next section if you want to take it away, Hossi. Yep. So mine's been looking at Harry Pickering of Blackburn Rovers. So can you tell us a bit about Harry? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, Harry is... I didn't know it down his age here. That's very bad of me. I think he's 24. Uh, he's got 72 appearances with three goals and four assists for, for Blackburn. He's very rarely injured. Nothing showing on transfer market at all. Two years left on his contract. Was picked up for 750k. Um, and yeah, that's about it for, for him, at least on a, on a background standpoint. Um, he's played quite a lot in the lower leagues as well, um, in, in League 1 and League 2. So he's really got quite a lot of experience for, for his age which is always a good thing. Uh, so, yeah, he's, and he, he isn't often injured. Like I said, nothing showing at all on transfer market, so that's one thing I always like to see, the totally blank um, injury list on transfer market. And so, in possession, what are his strengths and his weaknesses? Well, first of all, it is, a lot of his um, attacking numbers for, for left-back um, aren't that high. I think that's because the way Blackburn play, I don't think the fullbacks often get too involved in um, advanced play. So he quite often plays safer options most of the time. He, he likes to invert quite a lot, especially in early build-up. You'll, you'll see him go, go in central midfield and he'll sort of stay around there. And sometimes you'll even see him going across the pitch, carrying the ball in, over to the other side. So he really does like getting himself around the pitch, which is always an asset. Uh, like I said before, he's uh, pretty safe for his passing, which makes him a secure option in build-up. Um, one thing that you, I didn't see him misplace the ball more than once in the three games that, that I watched of his. Um, so yeah, that's always a good thing to see. But what I did like was when his team were behind, that would change. And he would try more ambitious ambitious options or he would carry the ball forward more. So he, even though he, he doesn't compl- he doesn't attempt that many crosses, he's only got 1.4 per 90, which is on the 21st percentile. But the when he does actually cross, he's extremely accurate with it. 45% of his crosses are completed, which is a 93rd percentile. So yeah, that's extremely high. And I did notice that a few crosses himself when he walked, I made sure to watch a game where he was behind to see how his game would change up. And yeah, he's got a really nice cross on him. He can really wrap his foot around it. And I like the way he crosses from deep. He made a few chances in, in that sort of way. But he's also good at getting on the overlap. So for Blackburn, they have Ben Brayton Diaz, who acts as, it's kind of like a, what, not like a striker, but he's more, more of a winger, but kind of an inside forward. So he would quite often leave space on the overlap, and he's very good uh, running behind. And Breton Diaz is also very good at spotting those runs and getting him on the end of them, playing it over nice so he can whip, whip a ball in. And in the game I watched, he sh- should really have ha- had an ass- assist because the goalkeeper made a decent save to a shot which he set up. So yeah, he's. I've got no problems thinking that he would be able to change the way I saw him. Play play most of the time to be able to adapt to playing in a team who does have more of the ball and who are asking more of him because what I did see when he was doing it and getting forward he was very capable of it and I mentioned before that he can carry the ball well um, he, he, do, he doesn't show up very well for dribbles and that's he's only 0.77 which is the 12th percentile but again I think that's a product of um, him not being asked to do that because when I did see him do it he was very accurate with it, and that shows up in the success rate. He's in, in the 85th percentile for dribbling, which is 65% of his dribbles are completed. So when, when he does attempt them, 
he, he does usually do it at the right time and he, and he is successful with it. He's comfortable with receiving the ball with both feet, but prefers to pass with his left. But I didn't see any op- any problems with his foot uh, with passing with, with his right foot when he did decide to do it. But I think he's just more confident of doing it, and also it's more natural for a left back to pass with their left foot most of the time. So yeah, and I think and another thing I noted about mentioned about him inverting is he likes to invert and attack the half space. So not only does he overlap and get around his winger on the outside, he'll also look to get in, inside as well. So he, he mixes it up when he, he does go forward. So that's another thing I liked, yeah. He's, a lot of his stuff I liked about him in possession. He was really strong, but I really liked him. Yeah, and so you really liked his in-possession work, and so what was your opinion on his defensive work? And there were just a couple of things which I did notice which weren't that great, and I think that's his pace. He did seem to be, be done quite easily for pace, and when his winger had got past him, he didn't seem to, seem to make too much effort to get in, in place with him. He would more try to tuck in and see if there was anyone else to mark, almost giving up on it, but at the same time trying to find some, someone else to cover at the same time. So yeah, that, that was one concern. He can be quite aggressive in his marking at times, like and stick close to his marker, and often follows him if they drop deeper which could be a positive as long as other players are tracking players into the space that he leaves behind. But he just does get touched tight quite often. Um, he is pretty strong when it comes to defensive duels. I can't say I witnessed them myself because, honestly, in the, in the games I watched for him, I didn't see him try to stop a, a direct dribbler once, which was just unfortunate. But his defensive duels, um, he's in the 89th percentile for defensive duels won, um, which is uh, 68% of his defensive duels he wins. So I have Based off that data, I don't think I've had any concerns about him defensively, at least when it comes to stopping people running directly at him. And yeah, that's mainly it. He had a good time in his tackles, and most of the time his positioning was pretty good. When he was when he was trying to hold a line, he just liked to stay in line with the rest of his defence, which did always help. So it doesn't seem like he's trying to make allowances for his lack of pace. Maybe he, he, he doesn't notice, or maybe that was just one bad example that I saw where he, he got really done by someone with a lot more pace than him. So that is a possibility. But I wasn't overly concerned about what I saw with anything out of possession. I think he would be quite comfortable to play in a, a, a system like Farkas, which has a high line. I think his position is good, so he, he would be able to adjust to that. So he wouldn't, wouldn't leave him space because he's keeping his line well with the rest of the defence. So if anything, the defence will be kept, will be offside if they, if they do try to get past him. So yeah, that's about, about it for our possession. Yeah, so you mentioned his pace a little there, but could you expand on his physical profile? Yeah, of course. Um, I think most of the things besides his pace is um, pretty average at most things. I'd, I'd say he's pretty strong for a left-back. I, I saw him um, get quite physical with, with some of the, the wingers who he was with and muscle them off the ball before they try to t- take him on directly, which is always a good thing to have in a left-back. He's got great stamina. That's one thing I did notice a lot. He's very rarely taken off in games. He played 46 games across all competitions in the last season, so it shows that he's capable of playing week in, week out in the championship, which is what we want, a player who is going to be available all the time. He's five foot eight, so pretty average for a fullback, I'd say. Um, so he's not going to win aerial challenges that often, but it's not really something that you want your left back for anyway. But yeah, how much do you think he's gonna? He would cost us. I don't think it would be a lot. Um, Blackburn don't really have, have. They haven't really sold anyone for a big fee for a, a while, and 
I'd say probably between five and seven million. I think most of the Blackburn's transfer records are from a long time ago. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, uh, I think it would, would be, I'd say at most maybe eight, nine million, maybe, maybe push up to 10 million if they're wanting to take us for, for a bit of money because we'll have a bit of money to spend. So possibly up to 10, knowing how we, we negotiate. I think there's a possibility with that that you could probably get a player from Blackburn for less than their value because they've recently lost players like Diaz and Dak. So they've obviously Dak um, regressed, but when he was at his peak, they chose not to sell him. They chose to let Diaz go on a free. So they've kind of lost out on money that way. So they may be thinking now to start just kind of try and recoup some money. So there's a possibility that you probably get him for that original kind of fee that you were talking, I think. Yeah, I think I, I went towards five seven million was what I saw. Um, so yeah, that, I think that would be fine. It'd be a very low risk transfer. I think it would be a very good, very strong centre back for this level. Yeah, I was just I was just looking on transfer marks and it, and they the bought him didn't they a couple of years back for seven hundred and sixty thousand pounds or euros according to this. So what's that seven hundred thousand pounds? And then they've got him listed at four point eight million euros at the moment. So I don't know four 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 and a half million quid. Probably talking. You probably. I, 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 I'm. I was, I'm sat there thinking five million, but I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think five million would, would sound fair. But we'll just have to see if we even go for him. Because uh, next, we want to talk about the player who we are linked with signing, which is a uh, Ryan Manning from Swansea City. Um, yeah, so we've been linked with signing him, and I think his contract does that run out, or is it? Um, yeah. So he's. He's out of contract and he's a 26 Irish international. That's always a good thing. And regards to himself, he has 203 championship appearances with 18 goals and 27 assists. Um, he's very versatile positionally. He's played 20 plus games at centre back, central midfield, and even 10 appearances at centre forward. He has um, 50 appearances at left midfield and uh, sorry. Yeah, 50 midfield at left midfield and 74 as a left back. So the left midfield one, I think that's probably most likely to be as a, as a full back. So, so not full thoughts, sorry, a wing back rather than a full back. And because it's quite often on transfer market, it'll say left midfield when it could quite easily be a wing back. So it's hard to tell with that one. But whatever you do, do not call him our new Stuart Dallas for all this positional flexibility because he's Irish and not Northern Irish. And you could really upset some people in that. Dan, you, you've watched him a little bit, haven't you? Yeah, I've watched a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm not watched tons, but I watched a couple of his games. Um, so I'd, I'd been watching Alex Cochran, who I really, really liked. That, you might, that might have come across really, really good, fun player. But then I watched Manning, and I'm like, oh, that's not a really experienced good left back does, you know, kind of, kind of thing, kind of, kind of thing. I was like, I was in love with Cochran because he was really great fun, and I think there's a lot of potential there. But just with Manning, it was just like his positioning and it, like how sure he was at everything. Like, in, in, you know, he's 27 years old. He's got a lot of, you know, a lot of minutes and years under his belt now. Then he knew his job, didn't he? So his positioning was superb. It was great at sniffing out danger. If someone got in trouble, he would, he would, he would, he would, he would you know, he'd call him, get him behind them and cover them. Um, he, he kind of knew when to invert, when to kind of become a third centre back, when to become a wing back and get up the pitch. I just loved how he, his positional flexibility within a game, within the match. That's what really stood out for me. And it's just when he chose to do it, it was always correct. I was just like, oh, he's made a right call again. Oh, he's made a right call again. So yeah, just, 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 it just, it just be that. It, I just think he'd be really, really, really solid um, with a couple of really, really big upsides. Um, I mean, his crossing is is wicked, isn't it? 
I, mean, I know you like his crossing mine. I yeah. know you like that, and I like it yeah. as well. Yeah, he's he's outstanding with his crossing. Does he really wrap, wraps his foot around the ball and gets a lot of whip on it, doesn't he? Yeah, it must be nightmare to defend. Absolute nightmare to defend the way the ball whips in. Like his general build up and his ability to pick the ball up in central areas and play through is pretty good. Um, so you know you'd be happy and get involved in you know it's like a pivot if you like, um, but more than happy for him to get in his bike and get on the outside and play combinations on the touchline. Um, defensively strong in duels. Um, the only thing I would I would say he's not super athletic. Not he's not super quick, is he? Um, so I just wonder if that's what stopped a Premiership team, Premier Premiership. How old am I? Premier League team, um, Premier League team signing him because I just you know they, it's probably not a super high end athlete, is he? That's the only thing I would say that's probably the downside. But that's not an issue for us in the Championship. He's more than good enough for the champ in that respect. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'd be so pleased if we signed him. Just a proper left back. No, the, yeah, the, when I watched him, I watched a few games with him, and I was, uh, at first I, I spoke about this in our chat about this, that at first I was, oh, he doesn't look that great in this game, um, but I'd actually picked a game where he's been pressed quite highly, and that's the only one thing which I did notice, which may be a bit of an issue, was it? It was against uh, Sheffield United, and funnily enough, uh, Heckingbottom is actually pretty good out of possession, um, so... We we out the ball. We out the ball. We out the ball. We out the ball. But yeah, so the, the, they they were forcing him into mistakes quite early. So that's one thing to to keep an eye on. But I will say that he did recover quite well. Uh, he had a bit of a sh- shaky opening thirty minutes, but then after that, after he got to grips with the way they were pressing, he was very good. So yeah, he he recovered well from that initial thing, which I was worried about. But I'll say, say a bit more about him. I've wrote a, f- a fair bit here. In possession, I noticed he's very composed on the ball, very good in build-up, and his short and medium passing is exemplary. He's in the 90th percentile for that with um, 42 per 90, and in the 80th for pass completion with um, 89% pass completion. He very rarely makes the wrong choice. That's a lot, like you've, you've already said that, Dan. He's just so good when it is to come to making the right decision whether it's to make a, a safe pass back to his goalkeeper or whether it's to make a more incisive pass into the middle it's just fantastic at that his progressive passing numbers that aren't as high as what you, you might expect he's only in the 65th percentile nearly and he's got 8.5 per 90 but i think that's also a product of um the possession based style that swans have so although he doesn't do it do it as often as maybe you would expect. When he does do it, he's very good at, at them. Uh, his crossing ability, like we've already mentioned, is to a very high standard, um, especially from deep. He's in the 94th percentile of crosses with, with 4.7 per 90 with a cross completion of 35%, which isn't as good as um, the amount of cross that he puts in. Uh, it's only the 62nd percentile. But I would say, considering how often Swans dominate possession, I think it's only natural that he'll be facing a lot of packed boxes. So it can, can be difficult to find his target, even with how good he is. And on top of his crossing ability, he's capable of finding players inside the box regularly, being in the 96th percentile for passes to the penalty area. This is from both overlapping and underlapping. He does both, and he, he loves to find a target through both of those. And speaking of inverting, he's very capable of this in build-up. He can act like a left centre-back quite often, or as a left central midfielder, and he just really aids players around him with options. That's what I like most about him, that he... He's really good for his teammates. He just is constantly looking to move into a place where he can receive the ball. And when he does receive the ball, he's comfortable receiving it on both feet as well. So, yeah, that's just great. He's just a really good player. And you mentioned a bit about his, def- his defending. He generally has very good position. He scans often to ensure he's aware of everything happening. 
and he's especially confident tracking runners when he's defending his far post. One thing I noticed, which is when he's defending far post, and so their players progressing the other side, he's really keeping an eye out for crosses coming in and who's over his shoulder. He's constantly checking his shoulder to make sure that there's no one who's going to quickly rush in and do him over. Um, but like you mentioned before, um, I think his top-end speed isn't that great. I think that's probably the, the only thing which could be a concern, but I don't think in the, in the championship it should be much of a problem. He's pretty average from most of the things physically, I think. Um, he good stamina, very good very good stamina, and often plays games and is rarely substituted. So yeah, there's quite a lot that I have to say about Manning, and I would really, I would really like us to sign him. Yeah, me too. I mean, I was I was watching him, just thinking it would work for the Fark system as well. You know, if, if Fark did go for the same thing he did at Norwich with a you know really high right back and the left back kind of making his taking his moments to go or moments to sit and become a third centre back, I think Manning's ideal for that because he, he like I say his decision making's great when you know he made the right call when to do it. He'd do both really well. You know, just playing that kind of deep full back third centre back type position or really getting taking his moments to get up the pitch and be dangerous and. You know, you know that the few occasions he does get into dangerous positions, he's not going to waste it and put a good ball in. So yeah, it'd just be ideal for Fark, I think, for the Fark Yeah, system. I would agree. And it's also one other thing which we haven't noted is that he's actually good at set pieces as well. Um, he gets a lot of his um, expected assists and chances created from corners and free kicks. So I think that's why he's very high with expected assists. He's in the 99th percentile for expected assists, which is just insane. So yeah, I, th- I think expected assists also counts set piece. Um, XA as well. Is that, is that correct, Tossi? Correct me on that? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so, I thought, so that's probably why he's as high as what he is because he does take a fair few set pieces as well from the left side. But yeah, so I'll be happy with him as well. So I think that's about it for this episode and I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll be back soon with more scouting. Uh, next week we'll be covering strikers and we think wingers, um, but with We'll, we'll, we'll see what we'll, we'll do with that. We're not 100% sure what the other position will be yet. It could be goalkeepers, but we'll soon find out. Uh, we so, could put a vote out. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah, yeah we, we could put, put a vote out, see what people want, want us to do next, what position you'd like us to look at. But yes, uh, thank you all for joining me. Just another thing to keep an eye out, actually, before before we do say our buys, is the, like I mentioned last, last week, the Patreon is going to be launching, and that is roughly going to be two weeks before the season commences so keep an eye on that on the socials but first of all i'll say thank you very much to dan no worries cheers mine and thank you very much to tom yeah thank you very much and dear listener thank you all for joining us as well and we hope to see you back next week bye